It is Wednesday, April 12th, 2023, and you're listening to episode number 11 of This Ain't Iowa, volume two. Tuesday slash Wednesday, so that can only mean one thing. TAI Volume 2 is back, unless it's one of the times that we're not back. So I hope that was helpful for everybody tuning in. Uh, Tony, I think this is going to be a good episode today. Gee, that's bold, coming in hot. Yeah. This is I told you I was coming in confident. I, uh, I, uh, <laughs> you, tried to, you tried to deter my confidence because I, I thought my audio was perfect, and then you went through this... Uh, this tape face like pantomime, uh, like you couldn't hear anything. Turns out it was you couldn't find the hole. <laughs> well, not uh, the first time. <laughs> <laughs> no, sometimes you need a little help. I, I'm not going to judge you on that. Uh, hey, first things first. Uh, let's talk about uh, let's talk about you. Let's get it out of the way early. Uh, I want to hear about this uh, this little art installation that you had, man. Yeah, so I was part of an art exhibition down at Golden Beach. Golden Beach is a bit of a overselling of the place it's uh on the south east coast of australia just a small little hamlet a couple of hundred people but over the easter break they have a fishing competition and they've now started to have an art exhibition and i was a part of it it's a fishing competition slash art exhibition i know it's a boy howdy mismatch of of shit but Hey, got to have something for the wives to do while the husbands are out standing on the beach going fishing. Look at you. Absolutely. So I was a part of an exhibition with eight other artists. We used all different mediums. There was painters. There were potters. There were um, mixed media. Um, So there was a whole variety of stuff. I I exhibited some paintings and some of my fibre work that I do. And the fibre work actually mm-hmm. managed to sell a couple of pieces. So I, Look at you. Yeah, made a couple of hundred bucks out of it all. So, yeah. That's pretty Professional good. artist. I can say that That's now. impressive, man. It's yeah, like, you, cer- you certainly can. Yeah, It's like you can say professional comedian after you're handed one MC job. And as long as... <laughs> Ain't that the truth? As long as when, that when includes they give you that a free t- drink... You can call yourself a professional comedian. Am I right? Uh, I probably started using it before that. Um, I uh, so talk about what exactly is fiber work for those of uh, you know. I of course know what it is because I'm very uh, into the arts. But for other people, let's okay. talk about what fiber work is. Well, for me, it can be a whole range of things. Um, I <clears throat> sort of specialize in weaving. Um, I have a rigid heddle loom. It was just something I picked up during the Tour de France to keep me awake during the boring stages of the start of a stage before things get exciting in the mountains. Um, And um, so because of that, I ended up learning how to spin my own wool and fibre. So I now make scarves. I'm sure you've seen a few 
on my I Instagram, have. so which is Claw Hand Fiber Arts. So staying true to the brand, it is still Claw Hand. <laughs> Better than Tard Card Fiber Arts, which probably would not be as popular. Yeah, yeah. So I I I make some scales, and I I think they're nice, and other people obviously do if they're paying out of pocket, and I don't know any of the people that purchased it, so that's always reassuring that um, friends and family aren't pissing in your pocket. That's a pissing your pocket. Is that a phrase that that, that you guys throw around <laughs> yes, in Australia? Haven't you heard? Over that on one? the Gold Coast? Uh, no, weirdly. <laughs> hey, we uh, weren't at the Gold pissing Coast. Pissing in your pocket didn't catch on. The Gold yeah. Coast is rather glamorous and beautiful. This is like we were at fourteen degrees, which is like low fifties this weekend. So mm. we're not in the Gold Coast. We're not in bikinis. What? Uh, where? How far is that from you? The Gold Coast. Uh, it's a Two-hour flight, so it's a, it's a fair. Distance. But you had to fly there. Yeah. Oh no, to Golden Jesus. Beach. The Golden to Golden Beach is a forty-minute drive away from me, but the Gold Coast okay. is a different place in Australia. That's oh, what I was trying to the say. The Gold Coast. That's a, that's actually a nice place, right? Yes, that that's go- what I'm trying to say. That one does. Yeah, that one. I've heard of that one. That one lives up to the name. All right. Yes. Well, listen. That's uh, that's amazing. I uh, uh, I uh, I did some performing this past week as well. I'll get into that a little bit okay. later, but wanted to talk about. Uh, a couple of things. First off, uh, just uh, I had a few, quite a few people reach out to me about the Spoon Show privately. Weirdly, <laughs> like uh, there was a lot of like, "Do you think? Do you think Spoon's okay?" Follow up question: Is he fucking that old lady? Um, yeah, I mean, Spoon, uh, dude, I love that guy. He's such an interesting guy you know i i didn't want to rehash like his whole origin story yeah. um you know which you know old time listeners will remember like uh you did cliff's notes version like he yeah he had a he had a very bad gambling problem at one point in his life and to the point where he lost so much he was like within inches of offing himself and in then uh, his life kind of in a very dramatic fashion which thank god did not happen for yes. a few reasons yeah. but uh uh you know, so but then, yeah, the, the, his life kind of got turned around, and he met his ex-wife, and they had a child, and he had a you know a government job, and it looked like he was going to kind of have a more, you know, still had the degenerate side, obviously, but he looked like he was going to have sort of like a more traditional set life, and then they split up, and uh, uh, he seems to have gone a little bit rogue, but you know, it's weird. Having spoken to, listen, I've, I'm sort of, you know, in, in my little world here and certainly for the last, uh, you know, 10 years or so, I have had a lot less degenerate interactions and, uh, you know, I wasn't hanging out with a bunch of single dudes like I used to uh, last time around. So, yeah, my life has been different. I, you know, we have couple friends and, you know, sometimes then, you know, they have kids sometimes. And so that's sort of been my world. And now getting back into this, I never really know what to make of it. I'm talking about, you know, the uh, the spoons and the randos and even like the phobes of the world. You know what I mean? Like I, yep. I hear them talk about it and I'm like, well, should I be like, oh, man, that's tough. Like they're living a, a sad or a difficult life. Or am I supposed to be jealous? Like they just do whatever the fuck they want whenever they want to do it. They have no strong attachments or responsibilities. Like I can't get a good grasp on whether it's living the dream or kind of sad. Well, I think you've absolutely nailed it because what you sort of see is living the dream is often not the dream. It just has different right. downsides to what you're currently living. Because Right. As, I mean, listen, 
fucking Phobes probably looks at my life and thinks that it's a logistical nightmare, and I get that. But yeah. uh, still, yeah. Because that's probably something Phobes never aspires to, um, having a relationship or um, having a loving group around him. It it probably <laughs> isn't aspirational for him. But as, a, as somebody who was single and enjoyed those freedoms, you understand what comes along with that and how great that is. But at the same time... If you've got nothing else behind that, it can become sad, lonely, and isolating at times. That freedom is great 90% of the times, but when those times are tough, those times are tough alone. And they're not always dramatic moments. They can just be periods of time when you need people to talk to and they're not available to. And friends don't always cut it in that situation. That's why you start a podcast. I get it. Yeah, you've got to talk um, to thousands of people rather than <laughs> one other person. Partner. Sure. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, so anyway, one way or another, thank you, Spoon. And as you, uh, the first time you've ever booked a guest, a follow-up appearance, before we were even done talking to him the first time, we will be following up with uh, with Spoon uh, in the near future because, yeah, like like we said, I have a feeling that whole situation is going to change drastically and quickly. Yep, and uh, and I want to be part of it for sure. Yeah, I, I want to be part of it. Now, um, the reason why I booked him, like we've had experience with guests before. If you were to like mm-hmm. rank them, where would you rank these two interview interviews? Spoon this last time mm-hmm. around, or the Monopoly champ? I mean, I, I listen. You got to go spoon first, but boy, Monopoly champ, that was. That was how did gold. we even get hooked up with that guy? I don't do you, know. Do you even, remember? No. You know what it was? Actually, I do know. Do you? I got I, I got like a spammy, uh, like um, email. Uh, I, the guy was trying to market himself, and I don't know if he hired someone to like do PR, like shitty PR, or if he was doing it himself. But I basically got like what appeared to be a spammy email saying like, "Hey, this guy is a Monopoly champion. He's available to be on your radio show to talk about." It. And I'm like, "Okay." At that point, we're doing three a week. I'm like, "I got to talk to somebody about yeah. something on episode number eight hundred. So sure, come on over, Monopoly guy. Yeah. Now I just um, put my microphone on mute when it's a you and I episode, and I just let you talk yeah. for. For 55 minutes of the time, and I just wrap up at the yeah. end. Perfect. I'm glad that we're on the same page on how that's how it should work. Uh, also wanted to give a shout-out to a new poster, Bike Flipper, who uh, said that he was uh, he and his wife used to listen to DU Diaries back in the day. He'd love to listen to those episodes again. I don't believe that they exist. No, but, I don't uh, it was, do, actually. Yeah, but... Uh, I appreciate the kind words. I actually passed it along uh, to my wife, made her day as well. So that was a very kind thing to say. Um, man, I don't even know where to start today. Have you and I ever discussed? Probably. ASMR? Oh, definitely. Yes. Have we? Well, Listen. actually, I'm not sure whether it was a thing. We've discussed clompers, um, furries, yeah. ASMR. A lot no. of stuff. A lot of creepy well, sexual stuff. Well, and that's what I want to, to, to ask you about because, see, here's the thing. I, I've, I've hit that age where, like, I don't understand a lot of stuff, and I, and I secretly just think it's very – it's all stupid. But I'm not quite to the age where I just automatically hate everybody who does it yet. So um, I'm headed away. that Yeah, I'm headed that way on a, on a fucking freight train. I'm headed that way, but I'm not quite there yet. But – I don't get it, right? ASMR, everybody I'm sure knows, right? It's like, it's just like the sounds of things or like, ladies whispering, and then they rub the table or 
or something. And I, for the life of me, I can't figure out what it, who's listening to it, except, look at you with a little ASMR. <laughs> um, the only way it makes sense to me is if people are jerking off to it. Oh, yeah, 100%. That, yeah, that's the, that. In almost everything I do not understand, if you tell me, oh, yeah, people jerk off to it, I'm like, okay. I mean, I don't think it's hot, but if that gets you there, then I understand why it exists. In fact, when we did talk about bronies, we found out that there was only a segment of the population that watched it because they were turned on and jerked off to it. Yep, clumpers. And and the clomper, you could sell me on the clomper thing. Like, that makes more sense to me. Than a grown man just watching My Little Pony because yeah I'm just I'm just into the story like I can't that that guy I'm concerned about this yes. guy that's jerking off to it I'm like whatever floats your boat man it's fucking weird but I get it so is that so that's what that's what people are doing people are jerking off to ASMR well I've got to guess because there's nothing else behind it there's no narrative story to it it can't be relaxing noises that a sort of that segmented out of society can't be relaxing because they're isolated away from it. There's nothing musical about it. It's just essentially one of those head massages for your ears. It's it's using those same receptors and, yeah, you. I, I think you're 100% right. That's the only reason to do it. I, you can't tell me that that is relaxing. ASMR cannot be relaxing. If anything, it makes me tense to hear those sounds in the environment that ASMR people use them. And the way they speak, I just want to fucking punch them. That drives yeah, me. It would, it's, it's a whisper distraction. Talking. I hate yeah. whisper talkers. You projecting, right. I enjoy it. I get it. You're nice and clear. <laughs> I understand you, even sure. when I'm not paying attention. But fucking whisper talkers, it. I hate them. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Looks like you've crossed that. Uh, you've crossed that golden bridge, bro. Uh, <laughs> it's straight into hate. Okay. Well, I get I, it. I, I wouldn't say I hate ASMR, but it no, does nothing for me, and I get irritated actually listening to it. Whatever floats your boat, like like with the clombers. God bless you if that's what you're into. I'm not here to king shame, but for me, it does <laughs> the exact opposite of what it's intended. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not getting boners from either of those things. So, uh, you know, call me old fashioned. Um, all right. Well, that's good. Cause yeah, I, I, I'm not, I'm also like of a generation, like I'm not that involved in YouTube. Yeah. Uh, like I will, there's certain things I'll look up and I actually will look up like how to do some shit sometimes. Like I use it as that kind of a tool, but I don't, I don't really just watch it for the entertainment value of watching it. My kids exclusively watch YouTube. Yeah. I'm part and, of this uh, generation. But yeah, the, it's it's weird. The thing about YouTube yeah. is it's so segmented and so segregated that just because I look at certain videos doesn't mean I'm exposed to the broader world of YouTube cele- celebrities. Like a lot of the stuff I watch is very specialised into content that I'm interested in, sports that I'm interested in, um, hobbies that I'm interested in, topics that I'm interested in, and this outside world of YouTube YouTube stardom, I have no idea who these people that are celebrities from YouTube are because it's so segmented. I don't even know how you can become a YouTube A-lister or celebrity because you're known to such a specific group of people because there's no sort of crossover. There's no five channels anymore or three channels or whatever you watch growing up. 
as somebody who spent, you know, two decades trying to write and perform original stand-up comedy, the fact that there is an occupation called YouTuber is infuriating. (laughs) But my kids, yeah, my kids are all about it. And they, they get, yeah, they go down these rabbit holes with these content creators, right? They have all their favorites. And, uh, this is what's fucked up is that, you know, I, I will not let my kids have like their own like YouTube account or something. So they'll just watch, you know, YouTube on, Fucking you know, up. You're and right, I'll generally right, be signed yeah. in. Yeah. But so now I will get like a, I'll get like a, a, a notification on my phone. That says like so and so liked your comment. I'm like, what fucking comment? Then I let go, and it turns out my oldest daughter like typed something on some, you know, 15 year old YouTube girls page, and now like it's coming up under my. I'm sure I'm on a fucking list because oh, why is this weird 44 year old man like hurting this, uh, you know, 13 year old contortionist's, <laughs> you know, page? And I'm like, oh Christ, this someone's gonna fucking Jared Fogel me, and I'm not even doing anything. Um, <laughs> But all right. All right. Well, it's good to know that we're on the same page. The reason I brought up ASMR is because baseball season just started. And I, I watch one of my, my favorite things to do is I love to bet daytime baseball in the morning and then go to work and then just like stream a baseball game while I'm fucking around and uh, and doing whatever I'm doing in a day. And for some reason, uh, they have started um, on MLB.com, like during the commercial breaks, there'd always be one kind of uh I don't know, scene or something like that, and it's full-on, like, ASMR. So it'll be, like, Mike Trout walking out onto the field holding a flag, but there's no words or music. It's just, like, the flag flapping in the breeze. Well, and I'm like, who the hell is doing this? Why are they bringing this into my world? Well, does it get you excited? Because you're a, a baseball fanatic, I would go as far as no. to say. No, it doesn't, doesn't float your boat. The, the I haven't gotten a boner one time. The, the the bat with the, with the pine resin doesn't like just get your no. blood just flowing just a little bit or, or like dragging that mat they use to smooth yeah. out the infield that's a big one or the, the, the like the squeak of the, the wheel that plate. does the chalk the chalk out and I'm like you guys got to get this figured out because mm. I am not about it but well, maybe now, maybe now that you dialed me in maybe that's because uh, it turns out I am into it I also do the TikToks. Um, mainly get a lot of crane drivers at the moment. Crane drivers and dogs is my TikTok at the moment. But there is interesting. That, okay, hey, that Chinese algorithm it does wonders. Really weird shit. <laughs> um, but there is a guy that's popped up. I'm not a baseball guy, but really entertaining guy. So I tend to watch his stuff to the end. So more of it pops up. Uh, and I think it's John Boy Media, J O M B O Y. And he does okay. lip reading for the baseball when, when guys get ejected yeah. or get um, into um, confrontations even with their teammates. And it is phenomenal. And he seems to be pretty fucking accurate with his lip reading from what I hear because he was doing an interview with one of the players and they said he pretty much nailed everything that they said during the confrontation. So so he, he actually tries to do real lip reading. He yeah. doesn't do like those fake like no. comedy lip readings? No, he oh, doesn't. wow. And especially with a weird fucking thing. Yeah. And especially with the new pitching clock, um, Mm. there was one this morning where a batter waited till it was eight seconds to call the timeout and he'd never got ready. And so he did, he thought he had till the eight second, but it had to be at the eight second mark. And so the ref tossed him for that because he called him a douche after, um, after he argued the call. (laughs) That I'm into. All right. I like, uh, I like verbal abuse. 
listen, since we're since we're talking well, about things that give people sexual yeah. boat, do you enjoy getting yelled at? Is that sort of your boat? Is that your ASMR? We, so I don't, but also maybe. You know what I mean? Like, like I uh, there has to be some kind of an explanation. Like my, uh, you know, my dad was not a very complimentary person, and uh, you know, so I got uh, I got bitched at a lot by my dad, and uh, now I'm married to a lady, and she's not all. I mean, she's not verbally <laughs> abusive towards me, but she's also not overflowing with compliments. And that does seem to give me a boner. So I, uh, maybe, maybe we're on to some trauma that I need to unpack. But do you need um, to unpack it if it's floating your boat and it's healthy? No, it's fine. right now. Yeah. So far so good. So we'll, we'll see if it, if it eventually it's going to teeter into a point where it's going to probably start to hurt my feelings more, but, uh, listen, since we're talking about uh, boner stuff, uh, let, let's let's discuss Brian's uh, embarrassing moment uh, of uh, of the week. This one actually is a recent one, so it won't have that long convoluted name that the uh, that the last one had. Hold on. Oh, he's got to take a sip of his bourbon. <laughs> I got to. I have a, to get a, a sip local, of bourbon for this one. Is this a local bourbon? Did you want to give a shout out? Table for eight stars. No, this one's just uh, this just bullet. Yeah. Uh, got a big uh, my both. Speaking of uh, of my pain in the ass. M- father he came to town for uh uh for easter and so i had to deal with him for a handful of days which is just exhausting he is an exhausting person he was an exhausting person in his 40s now he's 82 and he's almost impossible to be around the amount of times we got into an actual yelling fight about uber what it is how it works and how he can't call somebody to get a ride because he doesn't like typing uh i mean it was it was ridiculous. Um, he actually ended up calling. He found a number, and I think it's like the number you call, like if your Uber driver tries to rape you or something. Like he f- found like an emergency number and called them, and they're like, "What? What? No, just that's not how you this." You don't works. even have to type. You just put a pin in your address. You can even speak it with oh, a pin. You're right. Yeah, I should have. I should have walked walked him through how pinning works. <laughs> Forget that. <laughs> Keep pinning. Get out of here. The guy can't even send a text message a minute. He's going to pin. Um, anyway, so aside from that, I, uh, a little over a week ago, I, uh, a buddy of mine and I decided to go to the uh, XFL game. All right? And uh, I'll talk about the game probably next week with Phobes since he goes to every sporting event that Las Vegas has to offer. There's some problems with the, with the XFL situation in Las Vegas. Yeah, before you get down into the, the weeds of the XFL, yeah. um, just a shout out to my other podcast, the Beer Engine podcast, we do the XFL recap every week. Well, we actually look at the word count from the XFL website to see how many words they spent on the recap of the of the, that week's games because the first week there were 7,000 words in the recap, which is just excessive for the XFL. I would imagine, yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, I, I didn't even know there were 7,000 words. Um, all right. Uh, I think they so- repeated a few of them. I would, I would imagine. Uh, so could you imagine if it was a 7,000 word description and each and every one of the words was an original word, that would be fucking cool. You'd have that to would stop actually making be... shit up at that point. Yeah. Uh, all right. So, so we go to the XFL game and, um, the buddy who I went with is married and he has, uh, they have two, two kids around the same ages as my daughter. So his wife decided to come over to our place, hang out with my wife, let the kids play, you know, girls, whatever, drink wine and talk about boys or whatever the fuck they do. And so, you know, so we go to the game, whatever. We're coming back and uh, 
when we uh, when we get to my house, it's very clear that the wives are drunk. Uh, they have knocked off a couple bottles of wine. They're both in very good moods, loud, and uh, and I'm like, all right, well, I guess if the kids are fine, you, you know, you guys just want to hang out a little bit longer, you know, have some drinks. And he was like, yeah, why not? So we end up hanging out about another hour, hour and a half, and uh, have a few more drinks. And um, we uh, we have a my wife is real big into karaoke. She loves to sing, so we have like a little karaoke set up in the front room. And I am not a big karaoke guy, but I do it because it makes her happy. And I have to say, my conversion rate goes way up on karaoke <laughs> nights because she, you know, she's always in a really good mood, gets the adrenaline up. So I'm, I am pro karaoke. So she gets out the karaoke machine and she starts, you know, doing essentially a concert and a couple, a couple of the other people, you know, sing and stuff and. So, yeah, so she's in a great mood and she's being like, you know, very flirty and like hanging on me and stuff like that. I'm like, all right, I like where this is going. They end up leaving. And uh, and she's like, all right, well, I'm going to look for, you know, some more songs. I'm like, yeah. And uh, so I go into the kitchen to clean up and I am like, I have read this situation perfectly. <laughs> this is the time I keep talking about, you know, these boner pills of which I now have a lifetime supply. Um, you know, how am I going to use them? I, you know, I, I rarely have, you know, a 30 to 60 minute, you know, advance notice. It's just, I, I don't know how I'm going to make this work. Well, this is the time. Yep. Like I, this is exactly what's, what's going down right now. So I pop one and then I go around and I just kind of start, you know, just cleaning up the dishes and putting everything in the sink. And she's in the front room, you know, she says that she's going to try and find some more songs to sing. And I finished cleaning up and I realized like she hasn't, she hasn't started singing anything. And I'm like, okay, well, that's weird. So I go into the front room and what I, what I saw could only be described. Like if you've ever had a parent or grandparent with dementia or like saw an <laughs> Alzheimer's patient that wandered out into the road, she's standing there. She's holding the microphone, staring out at nothing. And she's teetering <laughs> back and forth. And I'm like, the fuck happened? So I walked over and I like rubbed her back. I'm like, baby, okay? And she's like, what's happening? What's what's happening? And I realized like she is completely shit faced. She was essentially running on adrenaline, you know, because she was having a good time and you know energy was up and she's singing and she's having a really good time. But the second kind of the party stopped, all that adrenaline leaves her body and now she's just standing completely drunk in the middle of the living room and I'm like oh no I did not read the situation correctly at all nope so I'm like okay you were caught up in the adrenaline as well I was too so I'm like all right well let's let's get you upstairs so I now I'm and I'm helping her upstairs and out of her clothes not at all in the way I thought these two things were gonna happen right I get her in bed and Here's the weird thing about these boner pills. It essentially, as, as most people know, like it, it's not like a weird magic boner button. It just like it, it pumps, it gets that blood pumping, right? So like the first thing that's happening is I'm very hot. My, my face is red and flushed and I'm feeling very hot. And I'm like, all right, well, uh, you know, I, I, I don't know. I guess hopefully I can just sort of ride this thing out. So then I go, I go into the bathroom and I'm just going to pee. I'm not doing anything. But the second I unzipped, my boner's like, I know what's going on here, my man. <laughs> And like Freedom. just boom comes out and he's ready to party. And I'm like, oh, that's not what this was going to be about. So now I'm like, well, I got it. Uh, let's let's go ahead and <laughs> let's test drive it. 
There's a few things to know about it. Um, number one is, yeah, yeah it, it does work. But yeah, keep in mind, you're going to be hot. Your face is going to be red and hot. Number two, um, it does take, at least for me, it takes a little bit of the sensitivity off the table, which oh. is good if I was actually having sex. I would enjoy having a little extra stamina. Yep. Uh, when you're alone, it is a nightmare. Like, I just want this to be done. And so we, we, we get there, right? Get the job done. Uh, and then the, uh, the last thing is, it hangs around for a bit. Like, hey, if you want a round two, bro, you know where to find me. Uh, and I'm like, I don't. I want this to stop Who immediately. Who round two? So, I mean, I guess... If, yeah, at this age, no, there's no round two. If, if I have to, if I'm doing a round two at this point in my life, it's because I fucked up round one. And now I got to try and like get some popsicle sticks and tape this thing together and, and get in for a round two to, to, to avoid, uh, you know, the crabbiness. So um, it's, uh, I, I mean, listen, it, it does what it says it's going to do. It helps in that department. But yeah, you got to, I just... You gotta, you gotta, gotta be fucking fan. sure, man. Like you, but get a fan, and uh, you gotta be sure. I don't know how people are sure at this day and age, but you better be, you better be fucking sure because you do not just want to be just dealing with that alone. It's horrendous. Um. Anyway, so there you go. That's my embarrassing story. Um. Boner pill edition. I feel right, like there's gonna me, be uh, me, many more of these stories. That end oh. up almost exactly the same way. It's so bad. I, I don't know. We're going to, I just don't know that my lifestyle is cut out for boner pills. Um, all right. Uh, moving on. I, uh, I wanted to talk about the comedy show that I did last weekend. It was, uh, that was, it was one of those things like I, I got booked for it like a few months in advance and then I was excited about it. And then as it approached, I'm like, this is going to be a disaster. Uh, it's, uh, it's in this town called Parker, Arizona. It's about three hour drive. Uh, it's, uh, it's, it's actually, as it turns out, a really cool little town. It's right on the river. Um, uh, you know, it, it skews a little older, but not embarrassingly older. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so I was nervous about it because the guy's like, you know, you, you know, this is a brand new show. Clientele's a little older. You gotta be, you gotta be super clean, which let me just say that, this idea that old people need to be coddled and you have to be super clean and appropriate, like they have said and done more fucked up shit than uh, you have, uh, you could even imagine doing. Like they don't need to be coddled like children. Yep. They are using those boner pills like they are going out of fashion. <laughs> and think about the STD rates in the older community. They are rampant. Yeah. So, yeah, like... You just think about the old people that you have around you often. Your father. Has your father become super conservative when it comes to language? Or has he lost that filter that he once had oh, no. in place? Much worse. Yeah, much yeah. worse. Yeah, exactly. No, you're 100% right. So it was great because one day I did end up getting there and I about a half hour before the show I went down and met with the lady that runs the room and she's kind of going over a few things with me. And then I said, like, Hey, they told me I have to be really clean. Like, what? What's your standards? I just, you know, I don't want to get into. Yeah. And she's like, she's like, honestly, it's a twenty-one and over show, so just, you know, you can say whatever you want. She's like, the last person that was here was very, very raunchy, and it actually didn't go very well. But he was like over the top, embarrassing, and I'm like, oh, okay. 
Yep. Well, then I'm going to just do my regular show, which made everything a lot better. Um, but before I even talk about that, I have to talk about what I saw on my way there. So when you're uh, when you're going to Parker, you kind of take the same route you would to take to like Laughlin, which is like this basically like this two lane road where you're driving for almost 100 miles on this one two lane road. And there's just desert. There's just nothing around. Right. So I'm driving and uh, I notice on the on the shoulder, there's a car pulled over on the shoulder and there's like a person at the passenger door, like bent over. It looked like they were probably throwing up. And I'm like, oh, that sucks, man. Car sick. And then as I got a little bit closer, I noticed that um, it was it was a young lady. Her pants were around her ankles. Her ass was facing oncoming traffic. So I'm getting full asshole and back burger view. Nice. And she was I, I to this day, Tony, I've never seen or heard anything like it. She was hinged over at the waist, bent over, pissing. And I and when I say oh. pissing, I mean firing a <laughs> fire hose arcing <laughs> into oncoming traffic, just shooting piss. And I'm like, what is even happening? Like, listen, I have two daughters. I've had two wives in my life. Like, I've seen a lady pee before, but there's always been a squat involved. Yeah, how does like, the I even had one time, that work? I, I, I don't know. I did not know that a lady could even do this. Just hinge over at the waist and just fire it out the back. It was in. Sane. And I guess her thought process was like, well, I don't want anyone to see my face while I'm doing this, so I'm going to face away from them. But everyone just saw literally every other part of you. And I, my mind was blown. There hasn't been a moment <laughs> since that that I haven't thought about it. Also didn't give me a boner. Speaking of weird things that don't give people boners, that was not hot. Thank God I'm not one of those guys. But I, uh, it was wild, dude. It was wild. Well, like, that area of America is known for aliens and whatever else. I don't want to mm -hmm. go deep into conspiracy theories, but is it possible that this was not a human and it was an alien or at least an alien human hybrid and maybe the alien was looking at cows and how they pee and, and merged the two? The, this just it, – I, I get the view that you are – Oh, sorry, the picture that you're painting for me, but I don't, yeah. much like you, I don't understand the physics of how this works. I Listen, me, what you just said makes more sense than what I saw. And it was I nonsensical just, I, what I said, but yeah, <coughs> yeah. what you're talking about, it just makes also no scientific sense to me. I, I don't understand I don't how this happens. And surely, I know you said there were desert both sides, couldn't she have gone off into the desert a little bit? A little further. She was on the pavement. Exactly right. Do the Troy Boonk move. Pretend you're checking the tires yeah. and, and fucking squeeze it. Even one time we were on a road trip and my wife really had to go. But she did this maneuver where she like kind of just like hung her ass out the, you know, out of the car door and just kind of went that way. That made sense to me. Yep. I've never seen <laughs> I've never seen anything like it. Now listen, uh, we we live in a we live in a uh, a different world where uh, you know people have different uh, identities. Maybe this was somebody that was tucking. So maybe there was maybe there was that a wing up front and, and she and and she tucked it back. Yep. And that's how it, so anything makes more if there's any ladies listening, 
and and I mean that if because I if that's <laughs> yeah, never been confirmed. This, start but, to this show. But if there's if there's any ladies listening, can you can you tell me if this is you know something that that you can physically physically do? I mean, she was I don't know. I think I've described it well enough. You get the you get the idea. Well, tell me if this is something you've done or is uh, is is seems like a reasonable thing to do. Well, I know it didn't float your boner boat, but yeah. bear with me here. Do you have to, in the n- next couple of months, start searching certain no. sites? That's what no, I, uh, just that's to what see I, if your car is in the background of this <laughs> shot. That's my only other thought. I didn't pull over and park no, no, uh, to watch it. Just see if there's like, I don't know what color car you drive these days, but see if there's a car... Yeah. Because I'm, I'm, I'm guessing, just a guess, maybe this was some sort was, of side hustle fetish thing that she was doing and she was filming you it. You know what's weird? You actually can't rule that out. That's a great point. I've Listen, I've seen some videos where some people have done some stuff on the shoulder of a car with, with other people driving by. It wasn't this, but uh, fuck, Tony, that, you're making a lot of good points. Which is not a sentence I like to say. No, <laughs> it's oh, not man. a sentence a lot of people like to say. But uh, mm. yeah, that like, and you can't even bring that up at the show, can you? Because there's no sort of bit to that. Or did, were you able to? Work I it out? thought when when she said I didn't have to be clean, I was like, I'm going to tell the story. But yeah, I just I didn't. Well, number one, I wasn't 100 percent sure that they weren't headed to the same place I was headed. And number two, I just, I, I didn't know, you don't know what you don't know, right? So, like, yeah. there was, you know, there was a good deal of ladies in the audience. What if I start, you know, telling the story and then, like, a lady's like, no, that's how you pee. What the fuck are you talking about? Like, <laughs> it's super normal to bend over and just start and, and rainbow arc piss. That's that's how it we do it. So, I, I, I didn't I didn't feel confident enough, you know, that I that I had way out. If it, if it went yeah. sideways, I didn't have a way out of that bit. Because um, once you start... As you can tell by this conversation, you just can't get out of it. You're just in. Now you're just in it for life. Um, anyway, so going back to it, I get to the casino. The casino is actually, even though it's in the middle of nowhere, it's a really nice resort. There's a giant water slide inside in the middle of this casino, which, again, the age of the clientele seemed like maybe they were not of water slide age. It's going to turn into a death shoot for some of these people. But yeah, well, um, when you say casino, like for me, a casino is a place that, um, hosts several thousand people. Maybe this is just a sort of difference in terminology and actually has table games. Or are you just talking about a glorified s- slot joint in a town of three? No, no, no. This was, actual, this, was, this was actually a real casino. Yeah, they wow. had table games, they had slots, they had, you know, a, a few different bars, uh, you know, lounges. There was a theater. They, they host, you know, whatever weird country lake acts uh, come through there. But, you know, it was, a, it was actually a real legitimate uh, casino. Wow. It was really nice. Uh, the show, I was nervous also because the show started at 5.30, which is not a time that you want to be doing comedy. But the, the place sold out, and, uh, and yeah, and they were really uh, – the show went really well. It's actually very frustrating to me because right now I am probably the best – I've ever been as a comedian. Like I, my material is, is more like in touch with reality and it's more personal. And, um, you know, if I performed more, right. Yeah. I'm a real Chappelle like, (laughs) 
Um, no, and but uh, it's it, it it just you know, and if I perform more, I'd probably be an even better actual performer. But it is frustrating to me that I am probably the best comic I've ever been right now when I have already like tapped out of the of the comedy game. But the flip side of that coin is it that might be the reason why I'm I'm better now. Like you know, when I for for well over 10, 15 years, I would get so horrendously anxious before shows because I would treat every show like it was like I like you know, if if this is the one this, meanwhile, I'm performing in strip malls and fucking, you know, out, outdoor fucking beer gardens. I'm not doing yeah. big shows. Pizza rays. But, like, I, I, I'm i putting, like, all of the uh, – yeah, me and J.J. Walker. <laughs> I'm putting all of the, uh, um, like, the weight of my entire dream on every single performance. And now that I, I, I just don't have that anymore, I think that's probably why I'm better. But it's also very frustrating at the same time. Now, when you say you're better, is that from a joke writing point of view or is that as a performer because there's no pressure on the performance side of things? Or where's the big uptick in improvement come from because you're not giving a fuck? It's probably confidence, to tell you the truth. Like, I I just, I do, I feel a lot more confident in what I'm doing. I do think I'm writing better jokes now. But, I mean, I still, listen, if I'm performing for an hour, you better believe you're going to hear some old-ass jokes in the mix. He's still wearing a shirt. I do not have a zipper shirt. That that one's retired for good, mainly so because I, can I can't find those shirts anymore. Because I've got a zipper shirt these days, so I can <laughs> I can start using that bit. Yes, all I'm yours, not, bro. I'm uh, not going to give you credit by the way. It. I'm just going to hack it. Uh, right now, I'm telling you that's totally fine. But if I ever actually heard you do it, I would immediately have an enormous meltdown. Uh, you know. So, but but yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, I'm. I'm it just yeah, I think there's just a confidence to it. There's a comfort level to it, and like now, I just you know, I feel like. I just feel like, listen, just do the fucking show. If it doesn't go great, nobody cares other than these, whatever, 100 people. And then you're just going to go get back in your car and leave and you never have to see these people again. They're not even going to remember your name. Um, but uh, but anyway, but it also got me. Go ahead. Go ahead. Do you think this is where jealousy mm-hmm. to more um, successful comedians come from as well? Like comedians <laughs> that don't give a... F- seemingly don't give a fuck and are comfortable on stage are often the comedians that you're jealous of and think are are just sort of gliding through life. Do you think that's a part of why they're successful sometimes? I know it's not all the time, but sometimes. Maybe. I mean, uh, you know, the biggest thing I had to let go because every young comic is is incredibly jealous and hate-filled. Um, and I was certainly the same way, but like you, you, you have to kind of come to the same realization that you had to, like when I was a kid and I was totally in love with Pamela Anderson and then she marries fucking Tommy Lee and I'm so enraged. I, it wasn't between me and Tommy Lee. You know what I mean? Like we, I wasn't, you know, I wasn't right there. And then she said, sorry, Brian, I'm going to go this route. Like I wasn't even in the conversation. So this idea that I would get mad at other comedians who are becoming successful, they didn't take my gig. Like, you know, I, I, I wasn't almost where they are. Like just, you know, there's really no reason to, to, to get mad at another comic, but it's interesting that you bring that up because, um, We've, you know, when I used to do Behind the Bricks, I would talk about this a lot. You know, every sort of generation or so, every handful of years, not even a generation, there's always like a a, a big, huge comic that emerges, you know, and rarely is that comic the best comic, right? I mean, you know, you'd have to probably go all the way back to like Steve Martin before you actually got to a, a, a huge 
breakout rock star comic who was actually probably the best comic working. But, you know, we're talking about the Dice Clays and um, the, uh, the Dane Cooks and Carlos Mencia and Larry the Cable Guy. And probably the most recent up until this point had been Kevin Hart. Um, and I'm not hating on, you know, I, I think some of Kevin Hart's stuff is okay, but he certainly is not, just as a comedian, as funny as, you know, he should be if he's going to sell out the fucking O2 arena. Yeah, I um, don't even think of him as a stand-up. This is a weird disconnect I have with Kevin Hart. I just think of him <laughs> as a comedic actor rather than a stand-up. Yeah. I know he's a stand-up, but it's, it's kind of in the same way that so, Sandler is an actor. Right. So do you know who the, you know, what comic right now today fits that bill? No. Do you have any idea? No. I was thinking about this, um, and I think it's, I would have to say it's Burt Kreischer. Uh, Some of you may know him as The Machine. Um, Now, Burt is, so I've, once upon a time, I used to know Bert a little bit. Uh, you know, back when he used to headline regular clubs, I actually worked with him uh, yep. a handful of times. He's possibly one of the nicest and funniest guys ever off stage. And I actually, I watch a lot of his stuff, like podcast wise, interview wise. You know, him and Tom Segura together on that yep. Two Bears One Cave. That's it's correct. some of the funniest shit ever. I think he is one of the funniest people like to hang out with of all time. I don't get him as a stand-up as much. It's not very material driven and right. It's very sort of personal story. He's funny in in the way that Troy Bohunk was funny. You know what I mean? Yep, you sit at a, so. at a poker table with, with Troy Bohunk and he's slamming course lights and you are in tears, but Troy Bohunk would not be particularly good at going up on a stage and converting that into a, into a sort of a stand-up way. Now, to Bert's credit, like he's done it. I mean, this yep, dude is is crushing right now. Yeah, he he's crushing right now. He tours constantly. He just did a world tour, um, and uh, and I don't like I said I don't not think he's funny. It just doesn't feel like comedy to me, and I'm probably a little too close to it. But uh, I, I would have to say he's sort of that guy right now. In fact, I remember the first time I ever worked with him. Like he was not a famous person at that point, and so I I was hosting and I go to in to introduce him and I turn around and he comes out of the wings with no shirt on. And I'm like, what the fuck is this dude's deal? And who would have thought that that would essentially become like his, his fucking, his trademark. So anyway, I, uh, yeah, I I was just thinking about it. I'm like, I guess he's the guy. And I don't, like I said, compared to other people like Larry, the cable guy, like, uh, you know, Carlos Mencia, Dinka, like I actually like him a lot more than a lot yeah. of those guys, but I, I don't, I don't quite get it. I guess, like I said, maybe I'm just too much of a purist. Like I, I just don't quite get him as a stand-up. Well, all um, these it comics of the moment that you're talking about, what they really are isn't great storytellers or great joke writers. They're not comics. Comics. What they are is big personalities <clears throat> on stage and personalities that suit the time and period in which. We live like when you look at when Dane Cook was huge, everything was super slick. Everything was essentially corporate. He was that big corporate sort of comedian. You look at Dice Clay in the 80s and Dice Clay was sort of hearkening back as the world was sort of changing around him to be that sort of 60s father that nobody actually was being that sort of crude person. And they're sort of reflecting what society wants out of a person. 
but it's got nothing to do with their joke telling <clears throat> ability. They're probably the best at being um, sort of that super charismatic person that can tell jokes, but it doesn't mean they're the best comic by a long stretch. And you also need to have a certain energy. If you're going to work an yep. arena, like you need to have a certain energy. You cannot be like a, a more subtle, you know, uh, thinking, you know, uh, comic. Uh, you, 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 need to, you need to be able to fill that room with your presence. And he absolutely does that. You know, meanwhile, you know, Tom Segura, who he, I happen to think is an amazing comedian, yep. um, he he can't work a room like that. You know, he's he's a great theater comic for sure, but I he can't he can't go into a fucking f- arena and uh, and and lock it down like that. So it also yeah, there's that that part of it too. The other thing that I think I see with Bert that lets me know he's in sort of a different league than some of the other people I mentioned is other comics fucking love him. Like comics that I greatly admire and respect fucking love him and he is really good to other comics. Um, so I, I, like I said, I have nothing against this guy. I'm, I'm happy that he's successful. I just, I, I guess I just, having watched his most recent special, I just can't, I can't figure it out, but it's not for me to figure out. No. He doesn't, he's not worried about it. Uh, he's not worried about me. And, uh, and, uh, I, like I said, I think he's great and I'm happy for him, but it, but it, it is, it is sort of strange to see it. Isn't that like trying to figure out pop music? Like, pop music is never the best music at the time. It's never the stuff right. that sticks with us. It just happens to be the most popular version of the music of the day. Like, no pop music sim- single or artist, Taylor Swift or whatever, is the best artist at that particular time. But for right. whatever reason, they connect with a whole bunch of people. And it's more about connecting with more people than being the best at whatever you're doing. I think that's what it comes down to. Because Bert is truly an everyman. Like he yeah. is he he's better than every person that you probably know. But people think they have a connection with Bert. People think that they are Bert. Yeah. You're a hundred percent right. Yep. They yeah, they, there's a million people that are like, dude, if I could fucking hang with Bert, like he would love we would be best friends immediately. You you're you're a million percent right. You're a million percent right. What was what should what's also gonna be kind of interesting is people that do sort of become that that it rock star comic almost always have a pretty hefty fall from grace. Now, Kevin Hart just happened to fall into an enormous movie career. So that's great. Um, but uh but you know, a lot of those other people that I just mentioned did not. Uh and so it's uh it's kind of interesting. Um, I have not watched this yet, but I guess speaking of Dane Cook, he has a new special out that he filmed at his house. Um, and uh, I guess he's got like a little comedy club at his house, which Kevin Hart also did that during COVID. But anyway, uh, I have not watched it, but I have heard very bad things about it, oh, uh, that it was just kind of cringy. And he just does a lot of bitching about like how everybody hated him when he was really popular and <laughs> Nobody talk about having no reading a room wrong. That's like uh, that's the comedy equivalent of me thinking I'm going to get late at karaoke night. Like it was just a bad read if that's what he thought uh, was going to be super successful. Wasn't he begging Jessica Alba um, at one point, or am I confusing? Oh, he was in I'd a movie. Hope not. That. that would be that's right. Because oh. remember, he he got into movies because I don't think he could act, but because he was photogenic enough, popular to a bunch of movies. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, those movies did not uh, did not stand the test of time, no. Mr. Brooks. Um, anyway, uh, that was him being a dramatic actor. Good, good call. Good casting. 
Um, all right. Last thing I want to do today is uh, is our uh, our monthly walk down memory lane, and uh, I, as I promised in the last episode, I want to talk a little bit about the um, the ballad of Tommy Dutch and Fire Girl. So, <clears throat> Tommy Dutch, of course, original co-host. Go ahead. This will just be a very condensed version. We will get into more oh. details at later points. This is a complex web that Brian's about to yeah, give it, you the cliff notes version of. Yeah, it's it's weird. Um, so. Anyway, long story short, yes, Tommy Dutch, of course, the original uh, co-host of this show. Uh, he and I, uh, you know, worked together. We met uh, working at Don Best, and um, he was a single dude. He was very he, – one of the reasons I think he didn't fit in with this group is because he was very handsome. He kind of looked like a poor man's Brad Pitt. He was in good shape and, you know, symmetrical face, all of those things that, uh, quite frankly, are not really uh, the TAI way. But – he was a single dude, um, but, uh, you know, prior to moving to Las Vegas, he had had a sweetheart, I think, in Michigan. I think that's where he was originally from. And uh, and they had stayed in touch but had broken up because he wanted to move. And, uh, uh, you know, it, it it had come to pass that, uh, you know, she's like, you know what? I really kind of wanted to give us a shot. So she decided I'm going to move back. I want to move to Las Vegas and I want to give us a serious shot. And he was actually really happy about that. He was ready to give it a go. And then very shortly before her arrival, he goes to a strip club and not a good one, my friends. The Club Platinum, which if you've ever been to Las Vegas, is situated in the parking lot of the Tuscany Hotel, which is like on Tropicana. Like it's not it's not on the strip. Like everything about this whole story is insane. Uh, And I'm pretty sure he's there with Phobes. Um, He goes in there and. Yeah, and for some reason, he becomes enamored with this young dancer named Fire Girl. Uh, she went by a different name then, but it's Fire Girl yeah. is what we came to know her as. And she immediately became enamored with uh, him as well. And they formed this very intense connection that, you know, transcended the club and became sort of personal. And so they got involved with each other in a pretty, yeah, <laughs> in a pretty <laughs> uh, intense way. And she had her own, she had her own story and her yes. own demons. And I'm not going into any of that right now. But uh, so he, uh, <clears throat> Tommy essentially started dating both of these women openly. And when I would ask him, like, you don't feel like this is weird? Like, you know, you're cheating? And he's like, who am I cheating with? Everybody knows about everybody. And I'm like, ah, this just doesn't seem like it's going to go great. And anyway, long story short, it didn't go great. And uh, he ended up breaking uh, up with uh, the uh, the one, you know, the 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 old uh, flame and, uh, and sticking with the new fire. And they had a very, like, white hot relationship for a while. The biggest, I would say, <clears throat> probably the biggest episode we ever did, maybe, of TAI was when Tommy and Fire Girl decided to go to the Green Door. Yes. Which is a like a, a legendary swingers club in a strip mall um, next to like probably the best Thai restaurant in the country, weirdly enough. Um, but uh, yeah, they decide to go in there and yeah, they're walking around and they just decide to they decide to bang in the swingers club. They go into a room, lock the door, and uh, and and basically, you know, have sex in this room where lots of people. Because if you've ever, you know, heard any stories about swingers, they're rarely the world's most attractive people. And uh, Tommy and Fire Girl were both fairly attractive people. So the second they went into a room to bang, everybody in the whole goddamn building went to like the windows or whatever to to stare at them while they fucked. It was crazy. Were they like but, um, uh, curtains, like? 
um, <clears throat> streaming curtain kind of things, glass curtains where people were sticking their heads through and stuff. If I remember. Yeah, people were sticking their heads through. It was, and I mean, I look, dude, I don't know. It was wild. But uh, yeah, they had a very white hot relationship. There was one, uh, one of the, I think only five episodes of TAI that I was not on. He, uh, he coasted with her and there were rumors that possibly uh, uh, there were some favors being exchanged while he was on the air. Um, it was it was crazy, but sadly the that love affair uh, did not go well. Uh, for as uh, for as uh, unique as she was as a person, he was too fucking weird for her, uh, and uh, and that ended up burning out and um, you know ending maybe not so great. Uh, so, like I said, that is the Cliff Snows version. Um, if for those of you who were there, you 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 remember it, and you're more than welcome to to share your memories of those stories on the uh, uh, on the Discord if you like. Uh, I've also left some parts out out of uh, out of respect because some of it got gnarly. Yeah. Uh, so you know, I, uh, I I'm, I'm leaving I'm leaving a, a lot of it out, and I was I was you know, culpable in a lot of that. I really pushed more of that story out than I probably should have. But to be fair, in those days, I did not care. No, um, I just, content. Uh, I really didn't. It was just, yeah, if, if I thought I could get really good content out of it, I would just deal with the, the <laughs> ramifications later. But, you know, listen, uh, a divorce clears your mind. So uh, anyway, so yeah, so that's kind of the, you know, we've had some people talking about it. That's kind of the Cliff's Notes version. Uh, and, uh, those were wild days, man. I, and, you yeah. know, it, it was so funny when we, when we were talking about in the grand scheme of the show, how short of a of a span of the show Tommy was actually on. Fucking a man. There were some there were some <laughs> real heavy hitting moments, though, in his short time. I mean, I, I think you could yeah. if we're talking about the top 10, at least three out of the top 10 were in those few months that he was part of it. Three or even even more. Because the thing was, and you'll find this with Tommy if anybody ever for some unknown reason is able to find Tommy, if they're lucky enough to find him, he has a very different perspective on the world or even on the conversation yeah. <clears throat> you are having with him at the time. Because there are so many times where I will go in and have a conversation with Tommy and then we'll <clears> speak about it later and he has a completely different perspective on it. It's not somebody gaslighting you. He's just thinking about things differently and looking at yeah. things differently to most most other human beings that I know. Yeah, he was uh, he was a unique dude, man. But uh, and and from what I hear, he is uh, he's married now. He has a child, so he has uh, <clears throat> he has gone a different route in his life, uh, maybe a more traditional route. Again, you don't know what's what fully is happening with that guy, but it sounds as though he has found his peace, and I am very happy for him. And yep. I am uh, I am thankful. Uh, you know, I uh, I did I, I think I had mentioned I did talk to him, not in person, but via email. You arranged it. Um, because I, I wanted to get him on the show before it ended. And I was, I reached out to him on, on Facebook and, uh, apparently he doesn't check, he didn't check his Facebook <laughs> at that time. And, um, and yeah, we, we exchanged some emails and, uh, it, you're correct. I think his interpretation of, of, you know, how our relationship and his relationship with the show ended is a little bit different. I, you know, I own the fact that I did some things that were probably, you know, weren't necessary and I pushed certain things to the forefront that didn't need to be there. And, but, uh, he, he definitely sees it in a much more like intentionally sinister, uh, way. Um, 
And, yeah. uh, you know, like like an Alex Jones, I'm a lizard person, uh, <laughs> you know, hell bent on, on domination. I'm like, I was just, you know, I'm a failed comic that was just trying to, to get get attention. That's really the reality of what was happening there. And I, I did it in a shitty way. But, yeah, I'm not I wasn't <laughs> I wasn't secretly trying to, to, to destroy your life um, no. for sure. No, it's um, and look, I, I understand what a pressure time that was for Tommy and and. It, perhaps it wasn't the healthiest time for either of you to to be starting a show. Um, fair, that's fair. <laughs> but the three of us didn't know this at the time because you're in the situation that you're in, so you you just try and make do. And from our audience's perspective, that made for great content. It made for Tommy living a life that he can at least look back on and. And I think would have some fond memories from, but it's probably not a life that he would live today. And I know it's definitely not a life you would choose to live today. Like we talk no, about I, not understanding the freedom of, say, a phobe <clears throat> or a spoon, but by the same token, you would want to go back to where you were 15 <clears throat> years ago. And I'm, I'm just talking about you as a person, right. not of any course. of the external factors. I, I still think one of my favourite <clears throat> Tommy uh, stories was... Uh, the time that he uh, he was staying up late with, um, uh, I want to say, Iserman and maybe Patch and or Kenny. Anyway, there's a few people that were staying up late playing poker at the uh, at the Planet Hollywood. And then he goes to walk to the bathroom. It's 2, 3 in the morning, whatever it is. And there was a, uh, a, a gay gentleman <clears throat> approached Tommy and offered Tommy $40 for Tommy to allow him to suck his dick, right? So he yep. offered Tommy a blowjob and was willing to pay $40 for it. Now, I'm not looking to get blown by a guy, but I got to tell you, there might not be anything more flattering on the planet than someone what? offering you money to suck your dick. Like that is, oh my God, that's a that's a level of love that I will never know. <laughs> um, <clears throat> and uh, he said no, by the way. Um, yep. uh, if I was, uh, you know, if I had been a, a single guy, uh, I probably would have said no. But actually, I'm not 100% sure. <laughs> not 100% sure. But in this same period of time, this is the guy <clears throat> that um, picked a woman up off the side of the road just to give her a lift. She clearly wasn't looking to travel anywhere. If you remember correctly, yeah, he did. He picked up he picked up a prostitute, thinking that maybe she just needed a ride, and she thought that he was picking her up to bang. And he's like, "Why would I pay for it? I, <laughs> I just got offered forty dollars to, to get blown. I'm not going to pay you money. That's ridiculous. You don't know how this works." Uh, anyway, so that was it. Uh, uh, that's uh, that's a little uh, Cliff's Notes version of uh, the Tommy Dutch and Fire Girl saga. Uh, feel free to share your own Tommy Dutch memories uh, on Discord or on all of the other uh, outlets which we give you every week, and uh, I will not repeat because I don't no. remember them. They're on the website. Uh, <clears throat> yeah. All right, and uh, so, yeah, so that's it, everybody. Thanks uh, thanks again for listening. We'll be back next week with Phobes. Uh, I want to talk a little XFL, a little bit of politics, some Vegas stuff, so maybe even some real estate. Who knows? Tony? Maybe some Broadway. Yeah. <laughs> I, think I think I'm all Broadwayed out. Uh, mm -hmm. any, any parting words? Keep rocking out with the claw hand. Oh, look at you. You finally brought it back. 11 goddamn episodes later, he finally brings it out. Uh, all right, everybody. Thanks for listening. Bye.